Pox's dad jokes and Paul Bunyan again. It's pun intensive. Welcome to Pun Intensive. We have a group of panelists on the line today. Well, not all of them, uh, but some of them are on the chair and one is on couch, actually. So who are these people? Well, as usual, we have a piece of man, pizza man, and the guy who gives pizza chance, Gary Halleck, avid reader of library Brooks, Steve Brooks, the person who's getting most of the best puns, Erica Etten, book writer, joke writer, and bike writer, Bill Kreider. I made a cabinet out of skis and put my sports spheres in it, Andy Balinski. And there's me, Airborne, Air Jordan, Air In and Air Out, Aaron Faisal. We begin with Zinger of the Week. Zinger of the Week, true tales and testaments of the wit and word perpetrated in real life by ours truly. Let's go ahead and start off with my co-producer, Gary Halleck. Gary is the former producer of the O. Henry Punoff and current, oh, I don't know, what, what is your job for the Punoff these days, Gary? I'm currently the reducer. I'm trying to reduce my profile. <laughs> cool. So t- tell us something uh, clever you said this week, Gary. My wonderful wife, Chris, was making a soup and sandwich for lunch and we have this kind of ongoing tug of war about the loaf of bread, the end pieces that have all the crust on them and everything. Some people hate them, some people love them, right? She wants to use them for croutons or something. I said, don't set these things aside, make a sandwich out of it. She's always making sandwiches out of the middle pieces. And I said, why can't you do that? She, she says, because they are thin and, and they break apart in the toaster. So she refuses to put these in the toaster. And I'm always so frustrated and she won't play along with me. And she says, if you want it your way, you'll just have to heal yourself. Uh. <laughs> and, uh, well, she set me up here. So she says, the heal is your deal. And I said, ah, because the heal is your ordeal. I fear that. Hey, she's, she's <laughs> quiet on me over there. <laughs> I'm well-bred. Uh, that's a good way to kick things off. So you know him from the band, The Limelighters, or if you don't, you know him as a pun-off MC, or if you don't, you know him from winning all those pun-off competitions in the 90s, Steve Brooks. Hello, Steve. Hey there, Aaron. Do you have a good zinger of the week for us? Well, my girlfriend is also a songwriter, and uh, we were working on a song together this week, and I told her I was her partner in rhyme. <laughs> That's pretty good. (laughs) Steve, do you remember years ago when we were getting together for something and you pulled a zinger on me? I've been enjoying it for probably 20 years. My ear was all clogged up. You you remember that one? No, I don't. Make make, make me laugh again after 20 years. I had been swimming and I had water in my ear or something. I was kind of annoyed about it. And you said, oh, so the drain hasn't left you station. Uh, that's pretty good. Now, we have a couple uh, a couple other guests here, too. In fact, we have a guest we haven't seen in a long time, but a long-time contestant and occasional pun-off winner, if I'm not mistaken, Andy Belinsky. Hello, Andy. Hi. Uh, I should also add that listeners who have actually been in the O. Henry pun-off have very likely interfaced with Andy and or his wife since they've been working with the registrations for years and years. Andy, go ahead. Tell us your zinger of the week. I, I play Irish traditional music, and there's a very clever T-shirt that somebody came up with that shows somebody holding a 
Irish flute in their fist and it says resistance is flutile. <laughs> so that wasn't my, my main instrument I play is the whistle. I've been trying to come up with some sort of t-shirt. The best one I've come up with so far is to have like a tin whistle blasting off like a rocket and say ballistic whistle. <laughs> well, Andy, you're, you're actually a punny whistler, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> If he was having trouble in the bathroom, it'd be an incontinent ballistic missile. <laughs> and we have putter around town, including Punderdome and frequent guest of this podcast, relationship guru, Erica Etten. Hello, Erica. Hi. What's your zinger of the week? I got in the elevator at my apartment building the other day, and this young woman walked in, and her t-shirt just had cats all over. It was just pictures of cats. So I went, ow, ow, hey, hot stuff. I said, I'm allowed to cat call you today, right? <laughs> and how did she react? <laughs> well, I think she got it, but did not find me funny. So I said, you know, I'm a comedian in my head. Sorry. <laughs> I think we can all relate to that. I'm sure that our next guest, the guy who rings the pun off bell, Bill Kreider can. Hello, Bill. Howdy. You got a zinger of the week for us? Well, actually, I do. Here in Texas, it's been very, very hot and very dry. In fact, it, so far in July, it has not rained the, in the whole month. And we've gone on watering restrictions. We have a garden which is withering even as we speak. And my wife was getting very excited because today's the day when we can water our garden. She got up and she was very animated. Oh, it's, a, it, it's great. I can water today. And I told her, don't get too excited. You're just going to go outside and wet your plants. <laughs> no, she, she didn't enjoy that one. <laughs> I didn't for the first second. Then I got it. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead and take a real quick break. And when we come back, we will show you that when it comes to punning, we mean business. are back. We're going to play a game actually that was created by me and Erica a few months ago. It's called Mind Your Own Business. You're the consultant for the store. They want you to give them a very clever name. Bonus points for giving them a clever catchphrase as well. So I am going to have a socially distant party in the coming weeks and I'm looking for some socially distant safe snacks. I don't know what that means, but when I call your store, what do I hear? Hello, Frito Lay Down, where we'll serve you snacks on a sofa. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. How about you, Steve? Hello, welcome to Frodo Lay Corn Chips. They're the chips that everybody's talking about. <laughs> and actually, before that one, you say ring, ring, ring. Oh, ha <laughs> ha! One does not simply pun in order. That was his ring psycho. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Gary, ring, ring, ring. Hello. Welcome to Gary's Snack Shop, where our snacks are good and plenty cheap. But if you want alcohol, you'll not be able to get any liquor or ice here. Liquor or ice? Huh? Liquor or oh, ice. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Welcome to You Bet Snacks. Here's where we lay all your chips on the table. Nice. 
All righty, Andy, you're up. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, welcome to Cheetos Never Win, <laughs> the fastest snack in the West. <laughs> uh, I'll do one. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, welcome to Aaron's Popcorn Shack, where all of our puns and taglines are corny. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Redenbacher's Back Room, where you can get the best in popcornography. <laughs> Wow, Gary. You know, I feel like I'm a bad influence on you or something. You, <laughs> as these episodes go on, yes, they get more and more lewd. <laughs> uh, Erica, I'm, I'm going to call your business as well. Ring, ring, ring. Mine's kind of lewd too. Welcome to Chips and Dales, where you get ruffled and laid. <laughs> uh, th the problem is that I was planning on having my socially distant party on my deck in the back and some of the planks are rotted so I have to go to a hardware store and I want to support a newer business so I'm calling around some other hardware stores. Hey Bill, ring ring ring. Welcome to the Scandinavian Hammers Thor. We sell hammers by the pound. If you need a quote, we'll take a swing at it. The Scandinavian Hardware Thor. I was, oh, excuse me. So let's move on to Andy. Andy? Welcome to Car Painters Anonymous, where we'll sell hardwares to all those people who like to do hardware and fix up their cars. No. What's the pun? What are you punning? Car painters. Car painter and carpenters. Oh, car oh, no, that's great. That's great. As everyone here knows, I usually don't get them. That doesn't mean they're bad. All right, Steve, you're up. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Hello. Welcome to Latter-day Saints, where our motto is, if you've got the money, we've got the climb. <laughs> hey, Gary, ring, ring, ring. Hello, you have reached Planks But No Planks Hardware Store. <laughs> Do you have bored feet? Walk on over. We'll show you some of our floor samples. <laughs> Erica, ring, ring, ring. Welcome to your tool. But we're still nuts about you. <laughs> I love it. Welcome to Miter Saw, where if you're doing something illegal with our hardware, we won't tell. We Miter Saw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to You've Got Nails, where all our products are good for your sense of hammer. <laughs> uh, all right, Erica. Ring, ring, ring. Welcome to I Came, I Saw, I Concrete. <laughs> what is it, Vitty Vitty Wrenchy? Uh, <laughs> okay, Gary. Welcome to Homeless Depot, <laughs> where you always have trouble making your wrench check. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, man, how uh, lows can you go? <laughs> so I ended up buying those planks and I was pretty much done and I was going to move on to our next break, except I realized, you know what? None of these people have seen me in forever and I really need to improve my appearance. So I'm going to call around to some makeup stores and see what we can find out. So Bill, I'm going to let you start. Ring, ring, ring. Howdy. Thanks for calling Homely Depot. If you're playing ugly, we'll fix you up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy, do you have a makeup store? Ring, ring, ring. Welcome to Mascara Pony, where you will look more beautiful than the horse you rode in on. <laughs> <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Uh, you have reached Max Factory Samples. <laughs> We're having a closeout this week on Vanishing Cream. 
the shelves are empty. <laughs> I just I just love that look on your face. <laughs> so embarrassed. Erica, ring, ring, ring. Welcome to the cutie coal shop. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> that one was pretty polished, I thought. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Welcome to Cream of the Crop, where you'll have the base time you ever had. Ring, ring, ring. Welcome to From Blusher with Love. We'll have no cheeky jokes here. <laughs> this game's a real bonding experience, eh? All right. Go ahead, Gary. Ring, ring, ring. You have reached Turner's Eye Cantina. <laughs> For all your needs in eye care. But it's okay if you're just looking, because we like it when you say eyebrows. It poses no threat to us. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, I got one. It doesn't have a tagline, but uh, ring, ring, ring. Hello, thanks for calling Lipstick It to the Man. <laughs> ring, ring, ring. Welcome to Makeup for Men. Don't be embarrassed if you mustache for help. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, Steve? Okay. Welcome to the Eyeshadow Nose, where our products are built to lash. <laughs> All right, Erica. Ring, ring, ring. Welcome to the hair salon where, am I, hold on. (laughs) It's getting there. It's getting there. Um, Okay. Welcome to the hair salon where you're cut short and die. Oh, die, 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 die. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) In Tombstone, Arizona, there actually is a hair salon called Curl Up and Die. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would have been better. (laughs) Here's a variation on that. Welcome to the hair salon where life's a bleach and then you're dyed. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Hey, Gary, ring, ring, ring. Hi, welcome to Epoxy Lips Now, where we won't stick it to you. (laughs) Featuring this week, our lipstick gloss, The Kiss of Depth. Uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up, seeing as how I am now ready for the party. So hopefully I will see you guys when I get around to sending out an invite, which will probably be, I don't know, two and a half years from now. But we are, in fact, going to take that break. But when we come back, we'll take an N out of punny and small it up a bit. Stick around. So the impetus of the following discussion is a weekly puzzle email list that Gary has belonged to for well over 20 years. And I don't know if anyone else in this group other than Erica and I, oh, oh yeah, of course, Bill's been doing it for forever as well. Erica and I joined it relatively recently. And it's, it's a lot of fun. People make up their own puzzles and then the group will submit their answers. And it's just a good way to run the brain every week. So Erica was in fact the person who came up with the puzzle on Father's Day weekend. And she had some really good ones in there. And I wanted to talk about those, some of the alternate answers, and some of us, uh, especially Steve, can chime in on the is it a pun aspect. Actually, I guess we all can, but Steve being the MC that he is. So, Gary, why don't you go ahead and take the reins here? 
Well, we call it the rogue riddle, and all the participants just get a chance to interpret whatever they like as a riddle, but it's basically a way to present puns. And Erica's theme was dad jokes. And because everybody's got a dad and hopefully everybody's dad inculcated them into the world of humor and puns in a not so gentle way. So she was celebrating Father's Day and she presented us with a bunch of these dad jokes for us to fill in the blanks on. And most people recognized most of them. But what Aaron was getting at is we could use this as a jumping off place to try to decide whether or not a dad joke is a pun. really a pun or, or just a, a bad joke. But let's go ahead and analyze some of these. Well, um, I'll, I'll tell you what. Let's start off with the first one that was on our list. I think it's probably the most famous. Is that a, a, a fair, fair way of saying it? Uh, it was from W.S. Gilbert uh, 150 years ago. Does that count? Oh, I honestly didn't realize that. That's pretty funny. When is a door no longer a door? When is a door jar. no longer a door? When it's a jar. <laughs> I have to say uh, the topic sounds adorable. <laughs> oh. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> adorable? Don't knock it if you haven't tried it. A door isn't a door when it's a pun. Oh. the threshold now. Just not a pun. And why do lawyers drink too much? have something with the fishy secrets yeah. <laughs> what, what was the official answer to that one erica boom that was yep. the answer i came up with <laughs> yeah i added because some of them have so much trouble passing the bar and they always want to try a cake yeah i like that too <laughs> i never know when to attorney off the tap <laughs> in england they call them beeristers <laughs> And they drink that old Bailey's scotch, right? So uh, next up was, uh, your, your love means nothing to me. Why? You're on a tennis court. Woo! <laughs> ah. Yeah, if, you, if you can afford tennis courts, probably. Oh, you don't love. So that one is not really a pun. That's, yeah, that's kind oh, of that's a marginal point. one. The, the love, love means nothing to me. But no, it's based on a pun. It's yeah, based on a pun, but the answer isn't a pun because we're right. on a tennis court. That's not a pun. Right. That's true. That's true. The answer is not a pun. The it's riddle is a pun, but the answer is not. Right, right. Yeah. No. Let's go on to the next one, which might also be marginal. Why did the ghost take the elevator? To lift his spirits. Ooh, Bill, you're good. I actually really, it didn't exactly makes sense in the context but gary you submitted an answer for this one that wasn't a perfect fit because but I, the ghost, because the ghost was fred astaire yeah, i thought that was hilarious <laughs> that's <is> great <laughs> maybe it was the fried elevator the fried elevator <laughs> okay this one i would definitely be careful of what did one shape ask the other when it repaid its loan are we square now mm-hmm you know I wrote these, right? Did you write these once or did you try angles? <laughs> I saw a sleaze outside and he gave me some ideas. <laughs> he was scaling a mountain. We know she's not cutting any corners. And then I fell. I got a rectangle. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Why couldn't the bicycle stand up by itself? It's too tired. Yeah, this one we've heard. Yeah. 
everybody that has a dad, except Aaron, apparently had no dad. <laughs> well, no, you know, that's true. My dad did not tell dad jokes. He's a funny guy, but not that kind of funny. Well, that's because he was always dad tired. You're right. <laughs> Actually, I never heard dad jokes. I only told dad jokes. My biological father died when I was 13. I was very young. And he never told dad jokes. I didn't have any relationship with him. And I had a stepfather, but he never told jokes, any kind of jokes. So I never heard dad jokes, but I told dad jokes to my kids all the time. And I still do. You know, I've been in the punning business for well over 30 years, semi-professionally. And I never even heard the term dad joke until about two or three years ago. I don't know where it came from or how long it's been in circulation, but but it just astounded me to realize that the whole world knows puns as dad jokes. It's, it's like synonymous. Which is interesting. I just did this Facebook Live pun UK thing. They gave you the topics in advance, so I wrote a few things. And all of mine were how we would do puns at O. Henry, where you sort of break up words and all of that. And all of theirs are what we would call dad jokes which I consider a whole joke surrounding a punchline that's usually one syllable that simply like is a homophone or something that simply mm -hmm. replaces another one. I did terribly because I was coming up with these like fun, complex ones. And I realized halfway through, I got to change my whole strategy because this is not working at all. So then I, I like went like bottom of the barrel, like roll your eyes puns because that's what they were looking for. So it's just a totally different style. British are totally different and Irish puns are totally incomprehensible to me. <laughs> because you don't understand the accent or the joke? No, the joke. I spent a month in Ireland and I did not get one of their puns and they did not get one of mine. <laughs> it was like we were in totally different languages. Has anybody ever pulled the Cockney rhyming slang on you? No. Cockney rhyming slang is so annoying because it wants to be a pun so bad, but it's not. Here's one I think is interesting. So what do you call it when somebody does this? A raspberry? raspberry? A raspberry, raspberry, right. And so that comes from Cockney rhyming slang. So it's fart, tart, raspberry tart. <laughs> so it's called a raspberry because oh. of that rhyme. Oh. <laughs> you see how funny it isn't? And then and maybe we can make this a game sometime. When you know about them, you can try to reverse engineer the gag. And frankly, I'm rarely successful. <laughs> it reminds me of the riddles that the Riddler on Batman used to throw at Batman. And then he'd figure it out. And like, nobody could figure that out. <laughs> Most of the slang in American English comes from Irish. And there are whole books in Ireland about that fact. The Irish understand our slang much better than we do. Sorry, did you say American slang? American slang is mostly from Irish. Do you have an example? Uh, not off the top of my head. I read some of the books and stuff on it when I was in Ireland, and it turns out that a lot of American slang comes from Irish. I don't know. It sounds to me like a whiskey business. Yes. <laughs> Going back to dad jokes. Do you all want to hear the dad joke that I texted to my sons today? I just ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll get back to you. <laughs> That's an implied joke where you give somebody the elements of it and then let them figure out their own punch. Yes. <laughs> to me, dad joke means 
you know, is roughly equivalent to low hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. Right. I think, I think that's the idea of a dad joke. The obvious is. Yeah. Yeah, precisely. That's, that's what I've always inferred. Here's another example of that. Rene Descartes goes into a bar and the bartender says, you want a drink? And he says, I think not. And he disappears. Right. (laughs) I find it fascinating. Just the different types of puns, like the simplest, the ones that it's the exact same word and exact same sound. And it just means different stuff like love or spelled differently, but sounds the same, but different meaning or where you break up the syllables. Like I made one earlier today. The theme was buses and I just got a bunch of blank stares. I said, I wish buses were accessible to everyone. De rich and depo, <laughs> which I thought was good, but it was not the style. And it also reminded me how you have to play to your audience. That would be hilarious for any of us in the right place. But it was not funny at all. I looked like a doofus in this UK thing. (laughs) Most of your dad jokes on this riddle were in riddle form, which Mm -hmm. is basically a rhetorical question. But if you're in real life and you throw Mm -hmm. things like that at people, it's a bit annoying for somebody to give you a pun in the form of a rhetorical question because they're forcing you to answer something that you can't necessarily right. answer or, and they, they know the answer and you don't. And that's one of my least favorite ways to interact with people. Were the people in the UK contest viewing rhetorical question puns like that? No, they were making statements. Because I, I would think as a comedy show in a competition or something like that, you couldn't do that because you're forcing the audience to interact with you. Right. It would be more like the attorney wants attorneys are always drunk because they're members of the bar. You know, it would be more of a statement like that. Can I tell you how this whole thing started with the dad joke? So I had been compiling them because when quarantine started, I needed a way to entertain myself. And we have a little dog park area attached to my building with a glass door. So I started anonymously posting these jokes So on one side, you see the the joke, and then through the glass door on the other side, you see the punchline, and I would Mm. sign it Joke Bandit, and I had the whole building guessing who the Joke Bandit was. I ran out after, like, 20, and, like, who could – I only had so much computer paper left, but it was really fun. (laughs) You're like a walking Burmashave sign. (laughs) I want to switch gears here a little bit because so many of the ones that Erica had were legitimate puns. And I get people sending me lists of puns all the time, you know, straight from what Joel McCall used to say, like page 28 of Boy's Life 1947 <laughs> or whatever. <you> know. <laughs> but every once in a while, I get some that I actually haven't seen before or that I actually haven't appreciated in a long time. And I'm going to rattle off some of these. And let's just go ahead and say pun or no pun on these and try not to get too far out of the way. The meaning of opaque is unclear. Pun or no pun? No pun. Not a pun. Say, Steve. No pun. I wasn't going to get a brain transplant, but then I changed my mind. (laughs) (laughs) Funny, but not a pun. Really? I don't know. I would say a pun. Yeah. Instead of altering the meaning of altering something change, it means to exchange something. So I would say it's a pun. Yeah. And then mind, mind is not really a synonym for brain but well it's close enough um it it would pass in the pun off have you ever tried to eat a clock it's very time consuming (laughs) yes that's a pun pun. no that's a pun pun. because consuming you eat it or 
you consume something. That's um, not based on the words sounding alike or it's a good joke, but it's not a pun. It's slightly different, See, I think slightly it different is. use of the word consuming. Right. Well, you can certainly argue time, you know, a, a clock. Yeah. Eating a clock would be time consuming. It, it, kind of, it kind of doubles up on you there because you're, you're, you're playing on the word time and you're playing on the word consuming. And when you add the two of them together, even though they're individually weak together, it's funnier. But I think it's not really a pun. Let's go to this one. A man tried to assault me with milk, cream, eggs, and butter. How dare he? Yeah, well, that's that obviously fun. fun. Eggs are not dairy. So that was okay. a dairy air. A... <laughs> that's just a poultry flaw. I'm reading a book about anti-gravity. I can't put it down. <laughs> not a pun. Not a pun. None of the words in that joke are, are being used with double meanings. You could argue that the whole phrase, can't put it down, has a double meaning, but right. a pun has to do with the double meanings of words, not of phrases. Not all plays on words are puns. So basically, a play on a phrase is not a pun. Right. That's what we call cliches in the pun off. All right, I'm throwing this one for a loop then. If the book is about how to euthanize a dog, <laughs> I can't put it down. Same, Does that uh, make it a same pun? argument. I'm still trying to place the dog. It's a no. phrase, but there are no puns in the in the answer. If you're euthanizing a duck. Yeah, no, if it was a duck. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Let's euthanize the duck. Andy saved it. Okay. <laughs> you can you can hardly deny that one. We can always make them better. We can always turn them into puns. And I think that's the lesson here. If something is a marginal pun, it's not really good enough. It's never good enough unless it's a real pun. Mm -hmm. And so there's hardly a setup here that we couldn't turn into a real pud if we tried hard enough. I've got 15 or 20 more of these on the list, but I think we've already expired our time for this segment. So we'll, we'll revisit, revisit this again another time because it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And thank you, Erica, for uh, being the uh, unintentional initiator of this. So we're going to go ahead and take a break. But after this, your punnel punts, lingers, and then goes home. We're going to do the old pun slingers game. We'll just get into it. The topic is ailments. Ailments. And we'll start with Andy. I am all gout of ideas. <laughs> you know, if you're looking for love, I do not recommend going to a shingles bar. <laughs> <laughs> I have a table that I use periodically to find my ailments. The periodic table of ailments. Oh. <laughs> I really respect when she mines her cues and mines her piece. <laughs> you know, my uh, wife is an apiarist, and I, I didn't know this, but they have allergies to humans. You can tell it because it's the bees sneeze. <laughs> I hope she doesn't catch her bees. <laughs> What was it we were talking about before? Was it those raspberry tarts? <laughs> There's a new disease that has emerged in uh, members of professional sports teams in Canada. They call it the hockey pox. Oh. <laughs> Aaron, how how come you how come you passed again? You passed each time. 
<laughs> I, I'm just passing a stone. I really like pizza and I know my pizza a lot. So I'm influenza. <laughs> <laughs> Za is a Scrabble word that is short for pizza. Za. Uh, it gives me pizza mind. Well, speaking of those Canadian hockey players, I heard that some of them caught small pucks. <laughs> There's a really good group of um, uh, baseball players, um, and they none of them have yet reached age, age 20, and they, they, they earn a lot of money, and I really wish I owned them, I, I, but I, I know that it's wrong to, uh, to, covet, ni- to covet 19s. <laughs> you know what kind of dress a chicken wears chicken frocks so there was this flock of geese that was flying along and they were getting thirsty so they stopped at a service station to drink some water from the hose at the service station but it got polluted with a bunch of uh, petroleum products and so they flew off again and, and went into formation but they all had gas trick Reflux. <laughs> okay, Erica. <laughs> I get such a headache every time the birds try to steal my wheat and my barley from my farm. All I can yell is my grain. I have a dream of being able to be turned into a large Australian bird uh, just temporarily. I'm afraid to do it because what if something happens to me while I'm in that form? I wouldn't want to die a Rhea. Sorry, it's South American. <laughs> you know, I took my car to the mechanic. They did a rotation for me, but then it fell off of the lift. So my car was sick and tired. I was on my, my girlfriend's garden and I was helping her to pick peas. We had a basket that was just full of peas, but then one of us bumped into the basket and the peas flew up into the air. I thought about trying to catch them, but I decided just to let them fall on the ground because I was afraid of catching her peas. <laughs> oh, you didn't even give peas a chance. No, nope, I didn't. <laughs> Oh boy, I, I got, you're giving me way too much time to prepare these things. So was babysitting my granddaughter. Did I mention I have a granddaughter? No, nope, never heard babysitting that. Babysitting my granddaughter, and I realized that she had a problem with her feet. You know, taking off her stockings, and her stockings had turned a color, and and I realized, oh, they're dyed sort of like uh, sky blue. And I, I said, oh, these are my my babe's blue socks. She has appalling bunions. Oh, Gary, I should have saw that one coming. What is Paul? Bunyan come up so much in this podcast. That's the weirdest you thing. Put, you can put it in the intro again. <laughs> <laughs> that's our that's our our recurring nightmare joke. Abe's <laughs> blue socks. That's pretty great. I'm hungry. Uh, what should I do? Eat bola oats. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to a casino and you're worried about catching a cough. Stay away from the croupier. Oh, wow. You know, I like to watch the old black and white silent films like Buster Keaton and, and Buster Keaton. I didn't, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I didn't Buster Keaton, but I like that Charlie Chapstick. Hmm. Is there an illness pun in what? there somewhere? That yeah, I yeah. Where's, what's the ailment? <laughs> Other than our stomachs right now. Chap lips. Oh, oh okay. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Oh. 
not not the world's greatest ailment <laughs> <laughs> or the worst. <laughs> Erica, I really like to go see concerts of the number two winner of American Idol probably twelve years ago, and I shell out a lot of money for that. Those are my aching pains. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> my cl- my clay aching pain. <laughs> More like twenty years ago, wasn't it? Okay, twenty years ago, whatever. It's certainly not an original one, but I'm concerned that this fall, with all the COVID problems going on, that if we can't get the country going again, that uh, this fall we're going to have a great deal of electile dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> I would Zeke a chance to make this pun. <laughs> ben Zika chance. <laughs> hey, Steve. You know, I've decided that most years I like to hang a wreath on my door at Christmas time, but this year I'm not going to do it because I'm afraid of catching Yule wreathritis. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I, got, I used to live with a guy in the dorm, and he was always coming up with these little witticisms and, and stuff. His name was Arthur. And I, and I, I said, uh, you really should write some of these down. Ar- Arthur, write us some down, down some of your roommate-isms. <laughs> this one requires an accent. You guys can't see me over here. Myopia is that you can all see me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was malarious. <laughs> that was malarious. And that's why we're going to stop right there. The tie foiled. <laughs> we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we will get a grip advice grip. Stick around. Okay, so real quickly, as of this recording, Gary, has the 2020 O. Henry Penoff been canceled yet? Not in the official capacity, but it seems like the writing is on the wall. And you can always go to punoff.com. And for that matter, you can probably find stuff in the show notes if anything happens between now and when this drops. Okay, speaking of which, punintensive.com, instagram.com slash punintensive, all those social medias. Does anyone want to give a personal plug, something that they're doing out in the wild that our audience might be willing to or interested in consuming? Let's start with Steve. Well, if I had any gigs, I'd be happy to plug them right now. (laughs) I do have a brand new video up on YouTube, a very timely and funny new song that I wrote for my band, The Limelighters. The song is about social distancing, and we recorded the video while socially distanced. The song is called Six Feet Apart, and it's (laughs) it's gone somewhat viral. We've had about the 20,000 people look at it so far. Oh, that's great. Well, maybe we can make it go even more viral. In fact, here is a little clip right here. I'd rather be six feet apart. Six feet apart. I'd rather be six feet apart than six feet under. Andy, do you have anything going on you want to share with the world? My wife, Julia, since March has made over 1,500 face masks. She's been giving them away to Navajo Nation, to frontline workers. She sells them as well out of uh, quilt fabric. She uses Sleep On It as a business name, which is not a pun because she, she, she used to make pillowcases, but 
uh, if we were going to come up with a separate business name for it, we would call it Masking for a Friend. <laughs> and that is a pun. Is a pun. Should I put a, a, a link in the show notes for yeah. your website? Yeah. Erica, why don't you tell us what you're up to lately? Um, and Thursday, July 30th is the online version of the Washington, D.C. pun competition, Pun DMV, which, uh, like O. Henry, has, I think, has fewer competitors, but it's 10 or 12 people doing a, a monologue, a pun monologue on any topic. And then there's a very abridged tournament after. So I'll be performing in that with my yet to be written pun monologue. If you Google pun DMV, tickets are $6. You can, you can actually watch the uh, previous one uh, that was archived on YouTube too, I think, right? Probably. I saw it. Okay, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap up. But before we do, we have for you some sage advice. You know, by now we have all become experts on binge watching and are feeling the need to limit the amount of time we spend mindlessly consuming the usual Shrek. You probably have seen all the Star Wars films that feature Mark Hamilton's of time. So here are a few tips for breaking bad habits. Weeding out the deadwood as we get down to the wire. So, experts, have you run across any undiscovered gems available for streaming or binging? Bill Kreider. Well, I've been binging on a show where they throw some people out in the jungle or the deserts without any clothes on. The show is called Naked and Afraid, but I think that they should call Snaked and Afraid because uh, they feature serpents and a lot of them. Sounds good. Uh, Andy Belinsky. Well, I'm partial to uh, Ken Burns' documentaries on PBS, which you can stream if you're a member. He covers topics from Spanish lions and the Seville Roar, uh, frozen snow leopards, <laughs> and a documentary called The Feet Numb Roar, um, the elevator sounds and Come Try Muzak. There was one about a fight over night crawlers. It's called Bates Brawl. He's got one about <laughs> alien families. It's about Mork's twin. And he's got one about the woolen fabrics of wartime riveters, uh, the rosy felts. Uh, and then his best one really is one about his time as a referee in women's baseball. It's called Ken, sir, the umpire of all miladies. <laughs> we'll have to check that one out for sure. Erica Etten. Very quick advice. When binge watching, always ask for series advice. And Steve Brooks? Well, the show that I've been binge watching this week is about a mutiny on the bounty hunters. You're not required to watch this show. It's not mandatorian. But, <laughs> you know, it's a good show to watch if you're a little kid who's aspiring to be a country singer and you want to work on your baby yodel. <laughs> but really, if you watch it, I think you will have a blaster. After all, what have you got to Lucas? <laughs> I wanted to add that I'm egg static to recommend you take in, if you're a lady, true tales of fictional sci-fi, an amazing series by the demon Lindelof himself. You might not like how confusing the first few episodes are, but the payoff makes it worth your watch, man. Catch it on HBO. That was really silly, but honestly, watch Watchmen. It's amazing. Go ahead, Gary Halleck. 
Well, you know, if you've been homebound with young kids these past few months, by now you're likely suffering from severe Disney spells. I had earlier some unkind things to say about Disney in an earlier episode, so I don't want to repeat her pandemic jab at the Magical Kingdom. But that sort of thing never lands well, you know. Uh, still, <laughs> perhaps you should make a clean break away from all that goofy stuff and sample something else. And I may <laughs> recommend some of the low-budget Disney ripoffs, which you can usually stream for free. I think you can find them all on Hulu Tube or one of those places, such as, I love this one, Honey, I Shrink Wrap the Kids, uh, or the or the one about the rodent who has a true passion for body modification, Ratatouille. <laughs> My personal favorite probably, though, was Booty and the Beef, but that's not really a kid's film, so probably you should stay away from that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, and I'm Aaron Faisal. I'm signing off with the catchphrase. We'll see you in two weeks. About two weeks.